When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Susie Quattro and you are listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this fast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast network of wise music swamis. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Megaphone, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. This is episode 205. I'm calling this Triple Crown Rockers. Um, So the idea here is something I've always said about two people in particular, and we're going to rise in intensity through these five examples uh, to get to my favorite shining examples of this. Um, The idea here is... uh, Rock stars, rockers of of, uh, of one uh, stripe or another, be they vocalists, singers, bass players, I, I mean, uh, you know, guitar players, whatever, drummers, um, who have been on uh, three different classic albums, like unheralded classics, uh, by three different bands. So they've been in three different bands, uh, and not just been in three different bands or more than that, but they but they have like a kind of a stone cold classic uh, in each of these three different bands. So there's a there's a couple examples I've always you know there's there's really out of these five there's probably only one that uh, that anybody would you know pretty much not dispute, and then everything else has uh, you know a little bit of a flaw where it might be me personally thinking that album is a classic. We will we will kind of get to that as we go along, but um, I also wanted to do this episode as an interesting way to uh, pay tribute uh, to one of these. Uh, and, uh, and he's, uh, he's going to show up in the third slot here. So yes, again, so, uh, so the idea, triple crown rockers, three different classic albums by three different bands. Um, and like I say, it's going to rise in richness towards number five as we go here. So let's take a listen to our first track. This is Thin Lizzy with This Is The One.
All right, so uh, our first rocker here is John Sykes. Um, you know, John Sykes, I, I, I definitely wanted in here for a couple of reasons. So this is a guy who started an English guitarist, right? Um, bit of a troubled guy. You don't see him very much. Uh, we know he's uh, he's kind of difficult to work with. He's very, very meticulous, so he takes a long time to do stuff. Doesn't seem to care if it comes out or not sort of thing. Uh, anyways, he started in a new wave of British heavy metal band called Street Fighter, uh, but his first sort of claim to fame is he jumps onto the Tigers at Pantank for their second album, Spellbound. Uh, came out April 10th, 1981. I'm going to call that the classic. It's one that's been rising in my estimation over the years. Most people regard it as a really good new wave of British heavy metal album, but he's also on Crazy Nights, which I really love as well. I mean, I'm, I'm torn which is my favorite Tigers album. It could be literally any of the first three, even including Yes, The Cage which is short and poppy. Um, but it's really well put together and, and good songs. But yeah, love the debut, love Spelldown, Spellbound, love Crazy Nights, uh, uh, and, and even The Cage. And this is this is kind of interesting. I mean, John is actually on uh, two tracks on The Cage, Love Potion Number 9 and Danger in Paradise. But uh, okay, so let's, for argument's sake, call uh, Tigers of Pantang Spellbound, uh, John Sykes' first classic. Um his second classic would be Thin Lizzy, Thunder and Lightning, uh, which uh, which you just heard. This is the one. is a great storming rocker. Kind of a forgotten track sometimes off, off of this album. Um, but yeah, so this album is, uh, is a very... Well, we're actually probably going to do it in our new Contrarian series where it's what is the most Contrarian album by a band. This is this is probably uh, the best one for Thin Lizzy. Um, so yeah, this was a heavy, harsh album produced very uncharacteristically by Chris Changerides. But um, so he comes in and he basically remolds the band in his image as this screaming, flashy, heavy metal band. Um, you know, it really doesn't have a lot of the Thin Lizzy hallmarks, the, the soft, sympathetic, pillowy, billowy twin leads. Uh, you know, with Scott Gorm, Scott Gorm is still the uh, the other guitarist in the band there. But but really, it's kind of the John Sykes show. Um, you know, I I've often called uh, "Baby, Please Don't Go" my favorite uh, solo of all time, right? Uh, so so the next uh, classic he's on is. Um, White Snake, White Snake, or White Snake 1987. He's also on the U.S. version of Slide It In, but uh, you know the White Snake album is an absolute classic. It's multi, multi platinum. I don't know. I think it's eight times platinum, something like that. Uh, so March 23rd, 87 for that. Thunder and Lightning was March 4th, 83. So yeah, we've got John Sykes uh, in the Tigers, uh, in Thin Lizzy. And in White Snake, and uh, you know, I want to say, um, you know, to get on this list of these hallowed five that we're doing here, I want to say that you know, you you know, in most cases, you have a you have a big part of it. It's a it's a big part of the identity. I you know, I've often said this as well on on White Snake's uh, Still of the Night. I've often called that the greatest guitar riff of all time, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm not a massive, massive fan of the of much of the rest of the album. Um, you know, I love the production on it. It's it's very it's very heavy and huge and smothering sounding for for a you know quote unquote hair metal album. This is this is a hair metal band with all sorts of you know pedigree to it. It's a little bit of a different band, but. Um, you know, you wouldn't know it by the hair and the clothes, um, but yeah, it definitely has that. So John Sykes is our first example. Um, so let's move on to our second one. Take a listen to this. This is Black Sabbath with Falling Off the Edge of the World. Oh, oh. 
Okay, so our triple crown rocker in this case is Vinny Apice, the younger brother of Carmine Apice. Carmine Apice's been on a lot of albums, but uh, sad to say, uh, I, can't, I can't think of uh, a single classic album Carmine Apice has been on uh, the same way Vinny has. Um, so uh, for Vinny, uh, it starts with, uh, well, it starts with hand claps with John Lennon, but that doesn't really count. But it really starts with uh, Derringer Sweet Evil. So not the Derringer Live album, not the Derringer Derringer album, but Sweet Evil. Uh, yeah, most of us, a bunch of us, me and my buddies, whatever. We, we um, me and you guys, um, you know, we, we uh, essentially consider Sweet Evil uh, a drop-dead classic. It is a really cool... Uh, kind of, uh, you know, alternative Aerosmith or Ted Nugent album. It's heavy, it's riffy, it's super interesting. Um, man, I, I've often fantasized that it would be amazing if uh, Zeppelin, I might even said this here before, but if Zeppelin had uh, opened the O2 concerts with a cover of Sitting by the Pool, that's so Jimmy Page, uh, what goes on there. But yeah, this is a good, solid, um, you know, um, Jack Douglas produced uh, very, very, like I say, Aerosmithy album. Very exciting. Lots of cool stuff on it. Good drumming as well. Um, so he is an integral part of this band. So that's his first classic. Uh, the second classic he's on is what you just heard this from, um, Black Sabbath Mob Rules. He's not the drummer on Heaven and Hell, but he's the, he's the drummer on the Heaven and Hell tour, or much of it. Um, and um, beginning in Hawaii, I've heard that. That whole story is pretty interesting. Um but anyways, he's on the Mob Rules album. This is obviously a Drop Dead classic. Everybody loves Mob Rules. Great album. Went gold, I believe. I think it's gold at this point. November 4th, 1981. And then the third band that Vinny Apice uh, is on an absolute Drop Dead classic with is Dio Holy Diver. But but take your pick. Um, you know, I'm a. I did a Contrarians episode of calling Dream Evil my favorite Dio album. Uh, I'm really close with though uh, Holy Diver. The Last in Line and Dream Evil, and Vinny's on all of those, which is very cool. Uh, he's not on every Dio album, but uh, yeah, so he's he's in there as well. He's a huge part of the sound. His drumming is so distinctive and interesting, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's actually not particularly showy, but it really has this cool trademark. Uh, of his he he has really interesting snare work he does this thing where he starts the fills pretty early but he's so rock solid that it's dependable when he does it beautiful beautiful sound um i i think uh yeah it's it's tough to have a signature sound as a drummer and Vinny absolutely has that uh you know he's also on axis uh, it's a circus world not a great album so world war three that's a pretty cool album with mandy lion um and then, of course, he's also in the Heaven and Hell band uh, later on, and on a whole pile of other projects that are actually really, really cool. So Vinny's, Vinny's out there in the world in a big, huge way, but I would say uh, he, he definitely fits this uh, concept. So we've got Derringer, Black Sabbath, and Dio. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right, Martin Popoff here back again with another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 205, Triple Crown Rockers. Let's take a listen to our third track now. This is The Damned with I Just Can't Be Happy Today. Okay, so here's where we pay tribute to the great Alistair Algie Ward. Uh, died May 17th, 2023, age 63. He had a long illness. Um, yeah, troubled life, this guy. Um, but basically, well, let's uh, well let's get to the um, you know the accolades of uh, of why we call Algy a uh, a triple crown rocker. First of all, um, so he shows up on um, you know very likely definitely a top five greatest punk albums of all time for me, The Saints, Eternally Yours. So he's not on the first Saints album, I'm Stranded. He's on Eternally Yours. Good, heavy, interesting album. I almost picked a track from that. Um, I keep forgetting he's on Prehistoric Sounds as well. So he's on the next one, which was a huge disappointment because they basically stopped being heavy punk and became kind of like a Celtic soul, bluesy sort of band. Um, and uh, the band broke up after that. And then they came back and became a really interesting, good kind of Celtic band. I should listen to more of that later Saint stuff again. It was really, really good. Um yeah, we lost uh, Chris Bailey as well. I, I got to interview him in person. He came through, uh, I met him down at the Horseshoe in Toronto. Uh, but Algie Ward, so uh, so yeah, he shows up on, uh, you know, he's not a songwriter. He's just kind of the bass player in this band, but but 
still absolute drop dead classic as far as i'm concerned um and what you just heard this song from is the dams machine gun etiquette so this is the third damned album after they had already broken up after two albums he comes back um definitely having like fist fights and wrestling matches and hollering matches with the guys in the band algae was a hard guy to get along with right um but he was very artistic and we'll get to a little more of that in a second but yeah so here he is on this flamethrower of a punk album, an absolute punk classic. It's usually the Damned album people pick as their favorite Damned album. Um, so yeah, he's he's a really important, you know, beating rock and roll heart of this band. Uh, he's just thrown into the mix with these other super difficult characters, and it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, you think of those four guys together, and and how did they even cope? Well, they didn't. I mean, basically, it it, it couldn't last, and it didn't last. Uh, but yeah, that's a killer album. And then. Um, he shows up on, uh, you know, in Tank, running Tank. Uh, he's on all the classic Tank albums, all the original Tank albums. And, uh, you know, it's his band. He was inspired by Motorhead. Tank gets produced by Fast Eddie, but he was inspired by what he liked about Motorhead. And Motorhead is such... It's such an Algie Ward type band. So Tank, I've always called like the thinking man's Motorhead. Um, you know, that's not to put down Motorhead because Motorhead is thinking man's as well, but... You know, well, let's let's say this right here. Both Algy and Lemmy were superlative lyricists. They were great lyricists, sense of humor, witty, uh, just interesting stuff. Um, but, you know, the reason I call them the thinking mans is uh, the riffs are a little more complicated in Tank. Uh, and that was really cool about Tank. So they're kind of like a late arriving new wave of British heavy metal band. Um, but pick, pick your classic. I'm going to say the classic album that he's on is This Means War. The third album, it's a little more epic. It's only got, what is it, six songs on it? Or, uh, not six, uh, I think seven songs on it. On it um but basically um so yeah it's a little more epic longer songs a little more involved a little more straight heavy metal a little less motor heavy metal but i mean you could pick filth hounds of hades you could pick power of the hunter i'm usually in the minority liking power of the hunter so much um but yeah he's the, he's there on the later ones as well and then um what happens later on so let me let me say this first of all so I got to interview Algy once and it was one of those difficult interviews and I was thinking back to other ones that I could compare it to and it's it's like you're talking with someone who's whose brain is working faster than their mouth because they're just kind of super interesting and and intelligent but nobody kind of really they, they don't have a reputation for that right um but also trouble maybe a little bit of mental illness maybe maybe under the influence drugs alcohol but you know invariably when this happens and i get on the line with someone like this what else happens so you've got somebody who's who's got their their they're on a cell phone they're outside um, their signal is dying or they just got a bad line and it usually turns out they've uh, you know to complicate matters they've got a heavy accent that's hard to understand and they're speaking muffly and they're not speaking into the phone you get the drift right I mean all these things kind of combine their 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 various personality traits that you could see lining up together and it makes for a very difficult interview and once I've had like that it reminds me of Stephen Kilby from the church felt a little bit like that. Ian McCulloch from Echo and the Bunnymen, who stood me up two or three times before I got him and then I couldn't understand a damn thing he was saying. It was everything I just said felt like it was there with him. Andy McCoy from Hanoi Rocks, who's has this reputation as just being like a pathological liar. Um, 
but it was he was a charming guy but but you know you always wonder like you know, what's he's telling you is it the truth and but but again most of all of the above and phil rudd of acdc was was like this as well like i say everything all of that combined and and you're right on you know it's a very difficult interview because you're on the edge of your seat and you don't know when to laugh at a joke because they're pretty quick-witted as well so algie ward was like this and um and Evo is kind of uh, maybe a bit like this. Evo was Algie's best buddy. They collaborated on things later on. Evo is a super interesting guy. Uh, ran Warfare, which is almost like the dirty, dirty metal version of Tank. So you go Motorhead Tank. Um, Warfare. Uh, but the last thing I want to say about Algie in tribute of Algie. Um, so number one, I, I just so so it's great. So he's a Triple Crown rocker. So he's on three absolutely classic albums by three different bands. But go and check out the Sturmpanzer album. He did these two albums um, later on when there was this troubled period later on where, you know, Mick Tucker was running one version of Tank and Algie was trying to say, no, I'm Tank and I'm running a version of Tank. And so, you know, Algie also had um, tinnitus, tinnitus or whatever it's called uh, but uh but um they used to say that that was one reason it was really hard to get him for an interview because he could barely hear what you're what you're saying on the phone so obviously he's having trouble in an interview as well unfortunately god love him right um so but yeah i had this awkward awkward interview but still he said a lot of great stuff right um but anyways um the point is is algae proves himself as a genius lyric writer and music writer and riff writer even though he's the bass player right but he's the leader of tank um uh when you go go play this Sturmpanzer album now now there's there's another one so that's 2018 and he had a 2013 called breath of the pit um but yeah Sturmpanzer, i was just playing it again before uh, before i got on and i just marvel at how good those songs are now people complain that it's uh it's electronic drums but but to me the drums are not very distracting and they sound pretty good i mean it's just a really good album and so the last thing that you know the impression i had when i play those albums i go okay a it wasn't a fluke this guy was super super talented he wasn't a big part of saints or dan but obviously he was a huge part of tank um but yeah this guy it was no fluke he was super talented he had a, he had a, he was just a great songwriter all around music writer i love his vocals too uh that's i haven't mentioned that yet so he has this really cool you know ace freely imprecise cool kind of wise wisecracker wiseacre sort of vocal style is a bit of a lemmy um so yeah loved it i thought he had a lot of personality from the from the vocal position but yeah go um you know if you're a spotify person i'm sure it's on youtube as well but i i noticed you know pleasant surprise Sturmpanzer, believe it or not is on spotify and you can play it and i think it's just brilliant songwriting i think they did a great job um so there you go there's our tribute to algae ward sadly we uh we just lost him at the age of 63 all right, let's play our fourth selection here. This is the Michael Schenker Group with Samurai. Okay, so this is, uh, we're getting to the, my top two examples of this, really. Um, and I've always said this, uh, the great Graham Bonnet. 
So Graham Bonnet uh, has absolutely been on three Drop Dead Classics by three different bands. This is the Michael Schenker Group, Assault Attack, August 22nd, 1982, produced by Martin Birch to beautiful, edgy, cool, you know, crisp clarity. Um, the songs are amazing on this. So I think Graham Bonnet really, you know, brings the fire and the creativity and, and you know, forces Michael to do a really, really good album. It's a big improvement over the MSG album, the one just before it. Um, and yeah, it's the only one he's on. Uh, you know, Graham on lyrics, you're starting to see Graham blossom as a lyricist. Uh, so the other great Drop Dead classic he's on is Rainbow Down to Earth. Now, I know I'm a little in the in the minority on that one, but I have done a Contrarians episode, I, I swear to God. Down to Earth, no problem, is my favorite Rainbow album of all time. And so this is a situation where he's joining a band. He's not a metalhead. Roger's in on a lot of the lyrics. Graham is not really proving himself as a songwriter yet. Um, so, you know, you might look down on Graham and say, oh, is he an airhead? Well, no, he's not. He's just never done it before, and he didn't really get in the groove by the time of Rainbow, but he did get in the groove by the time of MSG. Um and then the third Drop Dead classic by a different band uh, that Graham is on is Alcatraz No Parole for Rock and Roll, October 15th, 1983. Uh, I will maintain to the death that uh, Graham is actually more important than Engve on this album to make it a classic, but Engve is super important as well. I think this is Engve's greatest album. He's an incredible guitarist with a, obviously a signature sound, blew everybody away, and most people probably would say, you know, Engve is the big... You know, the other big thing that's a big i think it's dennis mckay right um the other big thing about this album is the production uh which uh which is really um which is really radical and bright and doesn't have a lot of bottom end but i still love it because it is so obscure and strange and eccentric right um but yeah the songs are great on here and that's a lot of credit to engve as well the songs and the solos are great um but uh the lyrics are great as well and that's a lot of credit to graham so there there you go um and you know he proved uh, he proved also I like that he proved that he was no fluke because um, he's on later uh, Al Alcatraz stuff as well the next one before the breakup or actually the next two sorry before the breakup and uh, and then he's on a later one and he's got the Graham Bonnet band the horribly horribly named Graham Bonnet band but what a quality band. Great songwriting as well, and of course he's a super in inspiration for being this old guy who who sings super powerfully still, which is which is pretty incredible. And he's and he's one of these singers. I've often said he's one of these singers that um, you're right on the edge of your seat, wondering whether his head is going to explode or his heart's going to explode or he's going to miss the note because he has to push so much air to get there. He's looking like he's he's putting in so much effort to get there, but he does get there. He's a super powerful guy, and I love his lyrics. I love his writing. I think he's just really got a good head on his shoulders for this kind of music that he keeps saying uh, I'm not really a heavy metal guy and yet all he does is makes heavy metal all the time right um, pretty funny um, but there you go that's our number four so we are rising in intensity here who do you think number five is uh, take a listen to this this is Dio with Invisible Okay, so Ronnie, I think, is the best, most unarguable example of this. Ronnie James Dio, sadly, we've lost him as well. Um, 
his first Drop Dead classic that he's on. Uh, no, it's not an Elf album. It is Rainbow Rising. It's not the first Rainbow album. Uh, Rainbow Rising is the is the one that pretty much everybody says is the greatest Rainbow album of all time. Um, I loved it as a kid because it was the first album we ever heard where every single song was heavy on it. Um, but Long Live Rock and Roll is incredible too. Uh, so yeah, May 17th, 1976, Ronnie uh, is on his first of his Triple Crown albums. Second Triple Crown album he's on uh, is Black Sabbath Heaven and Hell, unarguable classic, of course, April 18th, 1980. He's on Mob Rules as well, which we just talked about. Um, And then he's on uh, the album that this track we just played uh, is from, uh, Holy Diver with the band Dio, his namesake band. So I love the fact that um, our best example of this, uh, he's he's the leader of the last band, just like Algie Ward, uh, actually. Um, so he's the leader of the band Dio, of course, uh, the namesake. Uh, he's in well in on, on the music writing, but all the lyric writing. Great album. Uh, again, I, I could have picked uh, Last in Line, uh, which Ronnie, of course, is on as well, and, uh, and every Dio album, of course. But I, I could I, I could have picked Dream Evil as well. And again, uh, this is a guy that was in the Heaven and Hell band, so that's uh, that's that's pretty impressive as well. So there you go. Ronnie is our our fifth example, our best example here. I do have for you some honorable mentions, some not quite, some second tiers. Um, you know, people that I considered for this, but I really didn't think got there. You can tell me if you think uh, they get there. Let us know on the Facebook page. Glenn Hughes, you could probably, you know, go through the whole thing and start arguing that he's been on some amazing, amazing albums. For him, I would probably, you know, I would start my list off if I was trying to get to three, right? Because that's the challenge here. If I was trying to get to three, I would probably go with Deep Purple Burn. Um, I would probably go with the Black Country Communion album, but man, some of those other, what was that, California, what was it called, California something, that was really cool, um, so he's been on a bunch of cool things, I wouldn't particularly go with the Black Sabbath album, I certainly wouldn't go with Hughes Thrall, that wasn't a good album, I don't think I'd pick a Trapeze album particularly, so I don't know if Glenn gets there, you let me know, what am I forgetting that Glenn was on, uh, that was incredible, um, Ian Gillen, uh, pretty close as well. With Ian Gillen, you could start with something like a Machine Head or an In Rock or whatever. So you got a Deep Purple album. Uh, I would say Gillen, uh, Mr. Universe. Um, but all those Gillen albums are good. But I love the fact that he is the leader of the band. It's like Dio and I. But but again, it's like you know we're grasping at straws here. I think it's a classic. A lot of people do, but you know. Are, are obviously it's it's lesser than the the main classics we've been talking about here and then you know you might pick something like um born again by black sabbath i mean i i think ian is probably the very very closest for me for having a history in six songs here a sixth example um okay john wetton you might you might prowl you know tr- trawl scrounge through the John Wetton catalog and find your your uh, your three classics. I think for me it would start with uh with a classic um you know, a King Crimson album, something like Red. You know, do you want to do you want to throw in the first Asia? Do you think he's a part of a classic heap album? Probably not. Roxy music. I don't know. Uh there are things he's been on 
I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but nothing is really rising, rising. Uh, I don't know. Greg Lake, does, is he in here? Um, you know, I thought of the prog guys. You think, okay, you think what genres are going to have this? Well, you're probably going to think prog guys because they're um, prolific. Um, they jump around from bands, maybe more than other genres. Uh, and then you think of the positions. Would it be a lead singer? Um, because I don't want to put in people that are that are inconsequential, particularly. And then you think of session people, but do they they really count. I've got one of those to mention here as a, as a, um, as a, uh, as a not quite as well. Uh, but okay. So, so I thought of Peter Gabriel. No, doesn't get there. Right. He cl- absolutely on classics with Genesis and Peter Gabriel, but nothing else. I don't think. Right. Um, Bill Bruford couldn't really get him there. Steve Howe couldn't really get him there either. Um, Sammy Hager couldn't quite get him there. Um, you know, which is which is not not a nice thing to say about Sammy Hager because obviously you could say he's he's on a classic Montrose album, um, and then you start struggling with Van Halen a little bit, and then you also struggle with that massive Sammy Hager album. Is there an absolute drop dead classic album in this in the Sammy Hager catalog? Probably not, right? Um, Jimmy Bain. Could get could get close, right? You know, and it's almost like with Jimmy, I want to include a Phil Linus solo album to get him there, right? David Coverdale again could get close. Um, George Harrison, I thought you could get close, right? You could something like an All Things Must Pass. You you know, Beatles apparently have uh, the odd classic album, right? Um, and then Traveling Wilburys, right? So yeah, maybe he gets close. Rob Halford gets close. Um, you know, you think of Judas Priest, you think of fight if you can consider fight having a, a great album i think personally the second fight's better than the first fight and then you think of halford Resur- resurrection right so he's almost there right um danny carmassi is close montrose gamma um but again this is my personal taste but then then you got to get into heart and uh i happen to personally love to death the passion works album so um i'm i'm almost there with denny cozy powell couldn't really quite get there i'm sure i'm forgetting something but um you know you could go rainbow rising uh at a stretch you can go the second msg but i don't think he's on a classic black sabbath album i don't think he's a great drummer in in a lot of cases uh i'm i'm you know i'm i'm definitely a uh not a big cozy fan as a drummer um and then when i think of cozy i move over to simon phillips and think but okay, so he's kind of a session drummer guy. He's not going on tour with these bands particularly. Um, but he's on Judas Priest Sin After Sin. Um, and he's kind of a big part of it, but he's not really part of the band. Um, and then uh, he's on the first MSG, which I think is a drop dead classic as well. Um, and then, you know, to, to, to get him over the hump, uh, my favorite thing is uh, he, he's, he's, he's the partial, he's one of uh, a couple of drummers or three drummers on uh, the first three uh, absolutely amazing Pete Townsend albums. So, you know, I would put Empty Glass in there to possibly get him over the hump. And here's one that I personally believe could be a history in seven songs. So we've got Ian Gillen, and uh, we've got this gentleman, Adrian Ballou. I could really see putting him in here, but that's really a personal uh, pick. Uh, he's one of my favorite rockers of all time uh, across any genre. But I would put him in for uh, The Bears, Rise and Shine, King Crimson Discipline, and Adrian Ballou, Twang Bar King, or Lone Rhino. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's he's a perfect fit for this as well. So so there you go. There is, uh, there is your episode of Triple Crown Rockers. Let me know on the Facebook if there's someone I completely whiffed on and, and didn't find at all. Um, 
If you like the show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi.com. Uh, coffee uh, rhymes with uh, rhymes with coffee. My, am I ever going to be able to say this properly? Um, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. It's a straight, simple PayPal, bing, bing, $3 kind of thing. Um, but uh, yes, on, uh, on that front this week, I would like to thank Joe Becht. Andy at Black Sugar Transmission. Andy is part of uh, my new Cure book that just came out. It's a panel book where I interviewed, you know, a bunch of uh, mainly contrarians people, right? Um, and we went through every studio album and did a Q&A on every studio Cure album. So that just came out. It's called uh, Disintegrating, uh, called Wild Wild Mood Swings, Disintegrating the Cure album by album. You can get that at martinpopoff.com. Uh, so yes, thank you, Andy, Lee Clifford, uh, Melissa Nee. Matthew Kieswetter, Monty Olson, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, Aaron Steelman. Very, very generous, Aaron. Thank you very much. Take a break, please. Uh, John Stuckey and Robert Yates. Uh, again, martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. Um, the big ones out currently, the big swanky expensive ones are um, Pink Floyd and Dark Side of the Moon, 50 Years. Uh, ACDC at 50 and uh, Bowie at 75 um, but yeah anything that is in print I have over at martinpopoff.com I sign them send them out from the office here uh, you got the illustration stuff which I'm going to get back into I'm, I'm doing illustration for uh, a follow up to Flaming Telepaths right now but uh, I want to get back into the old thing you can go to martinpopoff.ca and see my gallery there of all the rock star portraits and the fake ads or you can go to my gallery at art uh, at art pal right did i say uh, yeah martin pop see yeah, yeah Arpa. there you go so uh so yeah thanks uh, again for uh listening to this episode let me know if there are any other triple crown rockers that we missed uh and go play uh and raise a pint um raise a pint for algae ward and go play stern panzer go play that obscure weird tank album that's no one that no one is ever gonna hear uh unless i uh bring it up and remind people every once in a while there you go stern panzer Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.